Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, Vanastainuhu, Vanastagfiruhu, Vanupminubihi, Vanatabakadu Alay, Vanaudabilahi min Shururi Anfusina, Vamin Sayyati Amalina, Maya, Lillahu Fala Mudilla, Vamayulilu Fala Hadiella, Vanashadu Allah, Ilaha Illahu, Wahdahula Shari Kada, Vanashadu Anna Sayyidana Muhammadan Abduhu, Varasulu Amabad. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فإن ذكرة فأول مؤمنين صدق الله العظيم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم. There is one relationship that we have with Allah سبحانه وتعالى. We are His abd. He is our Malik. He is Ab, He is our Rabb, but He gave us everything and we still disobeyed Him. There's another relationship we have. Hmm? When we are the sinner of Allah subhanahu we can think He is Allah Ghafoor, He is Allah Ghafar, He is Rahim, He is Rahman. We betray Allah subhanahu wa but Allah never betrays us. We have been untrue to Allah subhanahu wa It is Al Haq, He is always true to us. Hmm? So this gap that comes in our itaat, obedience to Allah SWT, to bridge that gap, Allah SWT made some things in our deen. One of them is called tawbah, and one of them is called dua. If a human being was perfectly obedient, you wouldn't need to make tawbah. If a human being was perfectly in ibadat, you wouldn't need to make dua. These are things the angels they don't do. You know, don't make tawbah. But me and you, because there's a gap in our relationship with Allah subhanahu we make tawbah and dua to fill that gap. So a few nights ago I was sharing, I maybe not here but in Johannesburg, that this year in Ramadan, and actually something I've been doing a couple of years in Ramadan, I couldn't do it when I was here with you, you kept me so busy, but last year when I was in Pakistan for Ramadan, and this year when I was in India for Ramadan, and I was reading Qur'an al-Kareem, so I would make notes on different ayat of Qur'an, what occurred to me, what came in my heart. So I found a note I made from last year, in 2016 Ramadan, when I was in Lahore, about one ayah of Qur'an al-Kareem. So that's what I want to share with you tonight. Allah SWT says in Qur'an al-Kareem, وَآخَرُونَ اَقْتَرَفُوا بِذْرُوبِهِمْ خَلَطُوا أَمَلًا there are some people that they accept and acknowledge their sins to Allah subhanahu wa And what type of people are they? They have mixed good deeds with bad deeds. They mixed bad. They did some amal salih but they did some amal sayyah. They did some good deeds. They fasted Ramadan, they prayed to they gave sadaqah. But they did some bad deeds, they went back to ghafla, they fell back in sin, they misdirected their gaze after Ramadan ended. Mixed bag of deeds. Asallahu an yatuba alayhim. It's very likely that very soon 
Allah SWT will relent towards them and accept their tawbah. Inna Allah rahim Indeed, Allah SWT is all forgiving, all merciful. Allah Akbar Kabira. Allah Ta'ala is all forgiving, all merciful. You know, many mashayikh, they used to, when recite Qur'an, they would feel what's called a special nisbah, a special connection with some verse in Qur'an. And sometimes they would recite that verse a lot in their salah, or they would recite that verse day and night in dhikr. And their students used to call that verse their khatam. And this practice you may have seen, a method of dhikr called khatamat, what happens is you would recite the verse of those shiuch in that line of Mishayif, that verse that they felt a special munasbah or closeness and a compatibility with. And those were big Mishayif, Ahlullah, Odiyah, Muttaqeen. So the ayat that they have munasbah with is, mashallah, very special, powerful ayat. People like me and you, what can we find munasbah in? So I remember when I was reading this in Lahore, I made note on this, and I made a bayan on this in Lahore Takaf, this ayah. What ordinary people like me and you, which verse of Qur'an Akhim can we identify with? Maybe it's this one. Hmm? First it begins with iqtiraf, that we must accept our sins. Hazrat Shah Wasilah he wrote a book called Iqtiraf al-Dhunub, that you must submit and accept and acknowledge your sin to Allah subhanahu and our Shaykh Malakam Razaman he added a second part to that book called Itraf al-Kusur that you should accept the mistakes you made with other people the faults and flaws in your dealings with other people Allah Akbar accept your sins with Allah SWT and accept your flaws and mistakes with other people this is a beautiful way of life and this is what Allah SWT is saying in Quran that there are other people you know there are some people who they accept and acknowledge their sin who are those people? The ones who are mixed. They did some good, they did some bad. I think that's you and me. Any type of person who would come to masjid and sit in bayan must have done some good deeds. And if you ask me, any type of person who comes and sits in bayan, they must have done some bad deeds. Yeah. If they don't do the masha, the muttaqeen, salihin, musalleen, who don't do bad deeds, they hear bayan, they get up and go. Because they're pious people. What do they need to hear bayan about making dua and istighfar and tawbah? But those of us who stay behind is because we need hmm? Mix. We have some good deeds, we have some bad deeds. And the beautiful thing is that Allah SWT says that He will soon, surely, accept their tawbah. Because this is who He is. Ghafoor, He forgives their bad deeds. Rahim, He will accept their good deeds out of His mercy anyway. Even though they did bad deeds also. Because there's another thing. That if you do a sin, many times, look at this world. If you do something bad to someone, they don't really care about all the good you did to them. They say, forget it. They say that one bad thing you did wipes away all the good deeds. Somebody works with you for 10 years. They were loyal employee, good employee, devout employee. One day they do something bad, you say, it's over. You make the one bad deed wipe away all the good deeds. That's how it works in this world. So who has more of a right to do that to us, Allah SWT, but Allah SWT does not do that to us. Does not let our bad deeds wipe away our good deeds. Why? Because it's Al-Rahim. This is Allah SWT's mercy. That He protects our good deeds. He says so many times in Quran al I will not let any of your amal go to waste. None of your amal will go to waste. None of your amal will go to waste. In fact, it's the other way around. 
in a hasanat you hit the sayyat that the good deeds will wipe away the bad ones but the bad ones they can't touch the good ones Allah Akbar this is what it means that Allah Ta'ala is Al-Rahim hmm? and we are the opposite somebody does something bad to you and they try to make it up with good deeds if you're more upset at them you resist you're immune they try to win you over good deeds say sorry you know you still remember their bad deeds hmm? we're completely opposite with each other opposite with one another compared to the way Allah Ta'ala is with us and the way we want Allah Ta'ala to be with us hmm? if we could be like that and that is the teaching of deed then we should also be like that that if somebody does something bad but they try to make it up with something good we should wipe it that way and if they do something bad we shouldn't forget all the good that they did do hmm? how far are we from the standard that we hope Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala himself is mentioning not just our hope that he will be with us so if we want to find our situation in Quran Al-Kareem this is the ayah in the passage but it's not done it's beautiful few ayahs of Quran Al-Kareem Surah Tawbah beautiful ayah continues خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً so literally Allah is telling the Biyakareem Sallallahu that you take some sadaqah from them did you tell them that by giving charity it will help you in attaining forgiveness for your sin many people they don't know they think this is a Desi, South Asian, Indo-Pak concept that when something bad happens you do sin, do sadaqah it's in Quran Al-Kareem it's in Quran Al-Kareem then Allah Ta'ala continues تَطَحْفِرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّهِمْ بِهَا Allah Akbar what will happen then that when they give out of their wealth it will purify them tathir, and it will do their tazkiyah it will cleanse them because of the sadaqah that they give now obviously in the first instance this is about sahabi ikram radiallahu ta'ala on ismain and the apostles are being told to accept their sadaqah but the mufassir rule that right when this verse was revealed Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu himself he started giving sadaqah because he was a prophet who led by example one of the beautiful things of Sayyidina Rasulullah even if a verse came down and its purpose was that he should share it with Sahaba he received it first he did amal on it first and then he shared it with Sahaba Ibrahim. so literally the verse is saying accept their sadaqah from them take it from them but Nabi Akram himself he would give sadaqah and he would always try to give more sadaqah and his Sahaba Ibrahim radiallahu ta'ala anjumayim they gave sadaqah why? Why does sadaqah purify your wealth? Because the Prophet and purify you from sin. Because the Nabiyyakareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Hubbad dunya That love for the world is the root cause of all evil and all sin. Now listen carefully. Whenever you have a wrong love, the only cure for that is to let go of that false beloved. There's no other cure for the wrong love. You think you can manage it? No. Can you contain it? No. Can you make it to Qiyamah keeping it? No. The only way to let go of it. So sadaqah means to let go of your money. And you don't then, but Allah Ta'ala's mercy here is what? You don't have to let go of all of your money to stop loving money, but you let go of enough of it so the love for it leaves your heart. So when you let go of some of it, when you give charity, you let go of your money. 
and then the love for it leaves your heart, that is the tatir and the tazkiyah. And now when you don't have love for dunya in your heart, and Nabiya Kareem sallallahu said, what? Rasul kulli khati'ah, that was the source of all evil. If you don't have the source of all evil anymore, then inshallah you will be protected from doing sin again. So when you give sadaqah, it's not just I give sadaqah to get my past sins forgiven, I also give sadaqah to protect myself from falling again into sin in the future. And all of you know, because we just spent Ramadan, Nabi Akrim, Sallallahu Alaihi is increase in giving of sadaqah in Ramadan. Again, leading by example, because that was part of the way to make toba to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and get closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in the month of Ramadan through this increased sadaqah. But then the ayah continues, and then Allah Subhanahu wa says a very beautiful thing. Wasalli alayhim. Allah Akbar. Many people they don't know this. But we know. Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yasalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallamu taslima. Here that Allah is saying in the Quran to Nabi Akhirin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wasalli alayhim. And you Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you send salawat on them. Allah Akbar. Who? What type of believers? People like you and me, they're mixing good and bad. They were doing amal salah and they were doing amal sayyah. But they had one master attribute, and that was itraf of the They accepted, confessed their sins to Allah Taala. They gave a little bit of sadaqah to purify themselves, and Allah Ta'ala telling Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Quran, wasalli alayhim. And you should send your salawat on them. Why? Allah Ta'ala continues, Inna salataka sakanan lahum. That indeed when you send your salawat on them, it will be a source of sukoon and tranquility for them. Ajeeb. Wasalli alayhim, Inna salataka sakanan lahum. That you send your blessings on them, indeed when you send it, it will be a source of sukoon for them. Wallahu sami'un alim. Oh, and Allah Ta'ala will hear you sending salawat on them. Allah, Allah, this when Allah SWT says this, Allah SWT says he, when he expresses his attribute of being as-samir, it means it's something that he enjoys hearing. You can say it like that. He loves to hear. He's happy to hear. When he hears it, it invokes his mercy. So Allah Ta'ala here said, Wallahu sami'un alim. And Allah Ta'ala will hear you sending salawat on them, alimun, and he will know the sukoon that it brings them. He will enjoy both. Allah Ta'ala will love it when the Prophet sends salawat on believers and he loves it when the believers are happy receiving that salawat. Allah Akbar This is the And then Allah continues. Next ayah. Allah ya'lamu anna Allah an ibadihi. Don't they know that Allah Ta'ala is that being who accepts tawbah from his servants and slaves. Hmm? Accepts tawbah from his servants and slaves. And he will accept their sadaqah. First, the Prophet was saying, Khud min amwalim, you accept their sadaqah. Allah was saying, Allah is the being, he accepts their sadaqah. And indeed, Allah Ta'ala is the one who accepts tawbah and is all merciful. All of this began on what basis? That they did itraf. They accepted it. They acknowledged it. That they had good deeds and they had bad deeds. Now this is a special believer because the A'mal al-Saleh, the good deeds they have, did not cause them to enter delusion. Sometimes we have this problem. 
that when we do some good deeds, we become a bit self-delusional. We have vanity conceived, we start loving ourselves. And then instead of acknowledging and accepting our sins to Allah Ta'ala, we try to cover up, conceal and deny our sins to Allah Ta'ala. We don't do ikraf. Hmm? We become in a state of denial. Hmm? And we become in a state of denial that we miss out on this forgiveness and mercy of Allah Ta'ala. So the ulama, they mentioned that what is the sign that a person's, and, and we should apply this test on our Ramadan whole month, what is the sign that a person's amal salih good deed was accepted? It's that that good deed increases them in their humility in front of Allah Taala, and that good deed makes them acknowledge their bad deeds even more in front of Allah Taala. That's the sign. That ikhlas. Hmm? Allah Akbar. Effective good deeds, more humility and more itiraz, more acknowledgement to Allah Taala. That is the sign that the good deeds are accepted. Just like Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq who has the most amal salih of the entire ummah. Hmm? He was also the most humble in front of Allah The most fearful of Allah The most mukhlis, the most sincere, the most true, the most biased of the ummah. And all many, all sahabah ajma'in, they had this attribute. So good deeds should make us more humble Bad deeds should make us more scared of Allah SWT. But humility and fear, humility and fear, humility and fear, these are the master attributes of a believer. Then, that concept of itraf al kusur, so seeking forgiveness of others. So, Nabi Akareem sallallahu he mentioned in the hadith that Imam Muslim Rehim al-Tala narrated in Sahih that there was a person from the earlier community and somebody came to him to ask him for forgiveness. So that person he took a qasam. Wallahi la yaghfiru, la yaghfiru fulan. That I swear by Allah I don't forgive so and so person. Hmm? Allah Akbar. So then Allah SWT responded to that person and the Bhagavan Sallallahu told us this story that who is that person who dares not forgive the other when he asks for forgiveness? I lay waste to all of his good deeds. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Now when the Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi tells us a story of an earlier community, it's not just a story, it's not just history, it's part of Hidayah for us. It's entered Sunnah now, it's from the Hadith. It's Hidayah for us, it's Rust for us. I mean if somebody truly sincerely comes to us and truly asks us forgiveness, and we don't forgive them, and then we're so bold to take a qasam on Allah Ta'ala's name, that we swear on Allah Ta'ala's name that we will never forgive them. Allahu Akbar Kabeera. Then Allah Ta'ala takes back His forgiveness from that person, and lays to waste that person's good deeds. Allahu Akbar. So this is why we should always remember, always remember to forgive one another, and to accept the true sincere seeker of Forgiveness. How do we get forgiven by Allah SWT? Hmm? That's called dua. Istighfar in essence is a dua. That you say sorry to Allah SWT and that we ask Allah SWT to forgive us. Ajeeb, that's the biggest dua that we make. Either we make dua of hidayah or dua of maghfirah. These are the two most recited duas in the believer's life. Now what did Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say about dua? Ad-dua al-muqibadah. The dua is the marrow, the essence, the core, the maghrib, 
of Ibadah. Hmm? So now if you take Dua Bimana Istighfar, seeking Allah's Allah's forgiveness, so the core of Ibadah is that so we can become forgiven by Allah SWT. You will find some people that they don't make Dua. They still don't make Dua. They say, no, I'm such a big sinner. How can I make Dua to Allah SWT? Or they say, or they come, I tell them, look, all you have to do, they come to me with their problem. I said, look, all you have to do. Many times I even say this to people. I listen to them and I say, look, all you have to do is exactly the same way you just talked to me, go on the Muslim and talk to Allah. That's all you have to do. <laughs> exactly the same way you just accepted all these things and you started crying, go on the Muslim and do that to Allah. And they freeze up then. They freeze up. And I'm amazed, why? Why would you be open enough to talk to me? And you freeze up when it comes to Allah SWT, when Allah says, Al-Kareem, Al-Ghafur, Al-Ghafar. There's a strange thing that happens sometimes when a person sins. They freeze up, they can't make the du'a to Allah SWT. So this is a mujahada. You have to fight this. If you ever freeze up, and it's best that immediately after committing a sin, a person should immediately pay two rakahs salah, Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned this, Muslim calls that tawbah. To two nafil salah and make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately. So that you show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will say sorry immediately. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that being. He's already telling you, when He says I'm al-ghafoor, He's telling you that I will always forgive you even a million times, but you're going to have to say sorry every time. That's it. That's what it means that Allah al-ghafoor. All you have to do is say sorry every time, Allah will forgive you every time. Hmm? So no need to freeze up in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather we should make dua. Another mistake people make is they view dua as the last resort. What does it mean? They make use of asbab, of means to solve their problem. First they try to get out of it. Strategy, friends, help. Hmm? And when all else fails, they turn to du'a. This is wrong. This is wrong. We have to show Allah Ta'ala that His Malik and Rab first, foremost, throughout, and at the end. First make du'a, then use the sabab, whatever means you can to get out of that problem or sin. Then all during the time you make use of the sabab, you keep making du'a to Allah Ta'ala. Then when Allah Ta'ala takes you out, even then you make du'a to Allah Ta'ala. Don't think I'm out. Even then you need Allah Subhanahu to keep you out, to stay out. Muhtaj. That, oh people, you are ultimately always completely needy and dependent. Fakir and Allah Subhanahu And Fakir is always making dua. Always making dua to Allah Subhanahu Now, Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this is why you see, he's always making dua. Before he eats, he makes dua. While eating in a state of dua. After completing eating, making du'a. Before entering masjid, making du'a. During all time in masjid, heart is in a state of du'a. Exiting masjid, making du'a. All the time making du'a. Always making du'a. Allah Akbar So this is sunnah. This is a sunnah feeling that a person's heart is always turned towards Allah SWT. If you want to understand more, once some sahabi, he asked the Prophet wasallam, is there anything that can change my takbir? So the Prophet said, yes, do this contain your takbir, your future, your fate, your outcome, your decree, your destiny. What? Number one, Amanu Salih, if you do good deeds, it will make your destiny better. And number two, Dua. Hmm? Dua. 
Imagine, and by the way, destiny, many people, they think it's just about dunya. Our real takdeer is what's going to happen to us in akhirah. Our real takdeer isn't just this, that where we're going to die, or how much money I'm going to That is all part of takdeer. But the ultimate takdeer is what is going to happen to you in akhirah. Now, can you imagine that one dua, one dua, yes, one dua has the power to change the entire akhirah of a person. Entire akhirah. Because sometimes it takes us one dua to become forgiven for a sin. And if you become forgiven for that sin, you won't have to be punished for that sin on the day of judgment. You won't have to be cast into the fire of Jahannam because of that sin. One dua. Many times we don't realize. You know, like I'll give you another way to understand it now. Many people on the day of judgment will go to Jahannam just because of a few sins. Now let me add to that. Many people on the Day of Judgment will go to Jahannam for a few sins that they actually could have wiped away just by making a few du'as. Allah Akbar That's a tragedy. I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about mu'mineen who will have to go to Jahannam for some time to burn for their sin. I'm talking about non-believers. For mu'mineen. Why? Because they did a few sins. Yes. Why? Because they simply fail to make few istighfar, few du'as to get those sins forgiven. Maybe even it will be the case that they just fail to make one du'a. And if they had made one heartfelt, sincere du'a to Allah subhanahu wa and the basis of that du'a, Allah would have forgiven them for all of their sins. And if you ask me, I think every believer is like that. Because Allah has given every believer this ability and power to make one dua like that. And Allah Ta'ala, He Himself is like that. He accepts even one dua if He wills and wishes to forgive everybody for their sins. So what does that mean? We are just one dua away from Jannah. Yeah? We are just one dua away from Jannah. But you've got to make that one dua really well. That's a very special one dua a person has to make. We should not take dua lightly. And so what does it mean now? More practically, because me and you, maybe we can't make that one dua all the time, so should we keep making dua? Maybe we make thousands of dua in the hope that any one of those thousands might be that one dua that Allah Ta'ala accepts and, and forgives us for all of our sins. Hmm? So it's like, you know, chance, like people say. If it's a one in a million chance to make a million duas in your life, no problem. Hmm? What else do we have to do in this world anyway, except to earn the pleasure and mercy and forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Life has no other purpose, no other value, no other meaning. All of the rest is fluff. And mashallah, you people know that. Because Allah Akbar Kabira, you live in a country where you're constantly shocked through crime, or through murder, or through burglary, or through car accident. Pretty much every family now that I've met Pretty much. I want to say every family, but just in case I may be exaggerating. But I wish every family could tell me a story, whether about their own family or definitely about their relatives. Hmm? Everyone will see the shock. I'm amazed. Normal, human, ordinary people who receive one shock in their life, an ordinary believer, it should be enough to shock them into shape. Snap them into their senses. Hmm? Like one joke like that, Allah Akbar Kabira. One accident, one murder, one burglary in their family should have been enough of a jolt 
to make them completely on Surat al-Mustaqeem, Muttaqeem for the very entire rest of their life. Hmm? Be careful, don't let yourself become numb to this. Don't become desensitized to it. Don't have a thick skin. When it comes to dunya, there, you can have thick skin and be strong. But you must melt on the masala in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another problem some people have, that they're too thick-skinned in front of makhluk, and that's not their niyat, but they end up becoming thick-skinned on the masala. They become thick-hearted on the masala. They're hard-nosed in front of creation, they end up becoming hard-hearted in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. you have to melt, melt in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like a slave, the way a slave submits and lowers himself and bows to their master, that is the way that we have to be with Allah SWT. Then in dua, another mistake people make is they think that, you know, even if I make dua, or even I did make dua, but Allah SWT is not going accept it. The is the most strange misconception I've seen people have. So it can explain to you very simply, it is absolutely impossible that Allah Ta'ala will not accept your du'a. Okay? Except, yes, there are some cases like that mentioned hadith, like the person who eats even one luqma, one morsel of haram. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala doesn't accept that person's du'a. There are some people like that. If a person is zalim, zalim, is oppressing, hurting, doing an injustice, wrongdoing to someone, such a person of dua. Hmm? Few categories like that in hadith. But if you're not in those categories, then you should know that. You should make sure never to be in any one of those categories. Hmm? Maybe let me explain. Maybe you think zalim just means some global tyrant. Zalim can mean just be mean to your kid or mean to your spouse. It's enough. You're zalim. You didn't act in zulm. You're not fully zalim, but you didn't act in zulm, and until you make toba from that, or in the immediate aftermath of that, is a danger you don't want to be accepted. The first dua that you'll have to make, and that dua will be accepted, is to make toba from that act of zulm. First things first. First, seek forgiveness for this that you just did, and then you can make all the other duas once again. But here, otherwise, Allah subhanahu wa accepts duas. This is why Allah subhanahu wa proclaimed in Quran, وَقَالَ رَبَّكُمْ الْأُولِي أَسْتَجِبْلُكُمْ أَسْتَجِبْلُكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa will surely reply and answer to your du'as. Alright? Surely. Then Allah subhanahu wa said another place in Quran, أَمَنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ And who answers the call of the Muttarr? The person who is sad, who is lonely, who is oppressed, who is hurt, who is poor, who is migrant, who is refugee. Ilada, whenever and as soon as they make dua to him, it means they make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So generally Allah ta'ala answers, and if a person is in this case, Allah ta'ala answers immediately. Allah ta'ala answers immediately. Yes, Allah ta'ala can answer dua in different ways. One, Allah Ta'ala will give us exactly what we wanted. Second, Allah Ta'ala can give us something better or other than what we wanted. Third, Allah Ta'ala can grant our du'a by not granting us anything, but by lifting up 
removing from us some difficulty, worry that was going to come. And the last thing, which is a beautiful thing that the Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned in the hadith, is that the last way Allah subhanahu accepts a person's dua is that on the day of judgment, Allah ta'ala will put on his good deeds, Allah will reward them on their scale of good deeds for all the du'as that went unanswered outwardly apparently in this world. And then that believer will become so happy, so happy when he sees how much goodness he is getting and he desperately needs more goodness on his right scale of good deeds that he will wish at that moment that none of his du'as were ever ever answered and instead all of the du'as were given to him, the reward for them on the Day of Judgment. Now open this up, what does this mean? Maybe you made du'a for children in your life. On the Day of Judgment you will be so happy to see the reward Allah Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala granted that du'a. But on the Day of Judgment you will be so happy to see the reward Allah Ta'ala gave you for the du'as that weren't granted, you will wish that the du'as were granted, were not granted, you will even wish that the du'a you made for children was not granted. That's the type of happiness. Maybe think of any du'a you made. Well, think of a du'a that you made in your life that Allah Ta'ala did grant, and you were so happy He granted that. On standing on the day of judgment, you will remember that du'a, and you will wish that even that one was not granted. Hmm? You made du'a for a house for 10 years, Allah gave you a house. When you stand on the day of judgment, you will wish that even that du'a was not granted. You were in prison, and you made du'a to Allah Ta'ala to take you out of jail. He accepted your du'a. He took you out of jail. On the day of judgment, you will wish that even that du'a wasn't granted. Or you were unjustly accused, you were innocent. You made dua to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala revealed my innocence. And Allah granted your dua. You were shown to be innocent. But on the day of judgment you will wish that even that dua wasn't granted. Allah Ta'ala. Now you understand. A deep power of dua. A deep power of dua. So what does it mean? Allah Ta'ala teaching us in the Nabiya that ultimately, the day of judgment is the ultimate, you will actually be happier when your du'a is unprinted. And you're sitting sad, Allah doesn't answer my du'as. <laughs> For you, outwardly apparently, du'a not being granted makes you sad. And being teaching you, there will come a time, and why don't you reflect on that time, and don't be sad now, because you will actually be happy that your du'as weren't granted. Hmm? You have to understand these hadith. It's not just words. Nabiya Kareem sallallahu he told us, these things, Allah SWT inspired us, Allah inspired him to tell us these things so we would understand how to feel that that the dua after the far salah, maktuba, and the dua of the maglum is accepted. Hmm? Allah Akbar. Dua after the far salah. Now, I'll give you a more open opinion of this. Hmm? It could be right after you pray the Fard Salah. But if after Fard Salah you pray Sunnahs, since you're still engaged in Salah, even at the end of the Sunnahs you make Dua, that will still be considered after your Fard Salah. Just look, if you pray four Fards of Dohar behind the Imam, and you stand up, you pray two Sunnahs, and you start making Dua. And your friend comes and asks, where is he? I'll say, oh, he's making Dua after Dohar. That's what I'll say, right? I'll still call it Dohar. I'm not going to say he's making Dua after some other Salah. Hmm? But that said, no doubt, there is a special thing, special, extra special acceptance of du'a that is made immediately after the farad rak'ahs themselves. Hmm? So you should try to make du'a at that time. 
the same way you would make dua lil to qadr you got five lil to qadrs every day <laughs> yeah acceptance and dua after fard salah okay so that happens five times a day what about this about being mazloom mazloom so alhamdulillah may Allah keep us all in afiyah and izzat so maybe we are not mazloom we're not un- we're not being oppressed right we're not suffering from an injustice so, Sheikh Asrubhan Thaan bin Mata, he is Khalifa as a father, Aziz al-Husband, Madhub al-Talaq. And he used to say that another meaning of Muslim, because that also comes in Quran, is the person who has done nafs, on, has done zulm on themselves, means sinner. Every sinner is Muslim, their nafs is zalim and they are Muslim. Or you can say they are zalim and their ruh is Muslim. They are zalim, their kalb is Muslim. They are zalim, their iman is Muslim. They hurt their iman, they hurt their heart, they hurt their self. So then they can make niyat like that. So Allah Ta'ala, I am also Muslim. Especially when you're making tawbah. I am Muslim. How? That my nafs amara made me fall into the sin. I'm Muslim. Allah Ta'ala, accept my dua and rescue me from the zalim nafs of mine. The zalim lust of mine. The zalim anger of mine. The zalim delusion of mine. And it's a reality. It's not just a way of explaining it's the truth. It's the truth. When we do sin, we do zulm on ourselves. And yes, our iman feels Muslim. Our ruh, our qalb and our ruh, they feel Muslim. And du'as are best offered from the heart and the ruh in any case. So we should make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa like that, that we are also Muslim. Then Khawaja Aziz Hassan Majur, he did some poetry in Urdu, which I won't do for you. But some poetry in Urdu that what? That I am in the jail of my nafs. Hmm? I'm in jail of my nafs and I'm rattling the door. Hmm? Allah Akbar. I'm rattling the door. Allah Ta'ala let me out. My qalb and my iman are in the prison of my nafs and my aql. Allah Ta'ala trying to get out. A Muslim rescue me and liberate me from this jail. These were people, they understood dua. Huh? They made dua to Allah subhanahu wa in such ajeeb ways, in such heartfelt ways, you can just imagine. And even the non-believer, even non-believer Allah addresses them in Quran. Ya insan That, oh human being, who is chosen to deny Allah subhanahu wa what has put you? In delusion from your kind, loving Rabb. From your Rabb. Rabbika, your Rabb. Kareem Rabb. Allahu Akbar Kabira. So if any unbeliever was to respond to that call and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala will give them hidayah and imam. So then when Allah ta'ala tells us, addressing believers, so then if we respond to Allah Ta'ala's call and we make dua to Him, don't you can imagine how much Allah Ta'ala would grant our dua? How much Allah Ta'ala would grant our dua? So when we make dua to Allah Ta'ala, what happens? First, normally, almost, almost all the duas begin with the word Rabb. Rabb. Allah Ta'ala likes it. Allah Ta'ala wants us to make dua to Him with the word Rabb. You know, like in this world, sometimes 
If husband and wife, they have nicknames for each other. So wife is upset with husband, so he calls her by nickname to soften her up a little bit. Huh? Allah Akbar. So when the believer calls upon Allah with his ism, Rabb, it incites the mercy in Allah SWT. It incites forgiveness in Allah SWT. It attracts the mercy of Allah SWT. So the Anbiya, because of our team, if you look at the Dua of the Anbiya, Allah Ta'ala mentioned many in Quran, Rabb, 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 Rabbana, 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 Rabbana. So many times you will see Rabb. Hmm? Now look at our Salah. When we go into Ruku, Subhanallah, Adil. And we go into Sadda, Subhanallah, This also let me explain to you. It have been maybe two or three years since we explained it to you in Stenger. Subhanallah, and Subhanallah, What's the difference? There's a different flavor. Those of you who were with us, you may remember, I said, you know different flavor between chocolate ice cream and strawberry ice cream? You said, yes. I said, you know the difference? Can you taste? Can you taste the difference in the flavor between chocolate and strawberry? You say, yes. Can you taste? Taste. Zawq. Can you talb? Can you ruh? Taste the different flavor between ruku and sujood. And if you say, no, it's all the same to me. If I said, look, if all the ice cream is same to you, you need to go to doctor and get your tongue checked. Hmm? So if ruku and sujood are all the same to you, you need to go to sheikh and get your tongue checked. Nay, Sunday. Subhanallah bil adeem, subhanallah bil a'la, al adeem and al a'la, different flavor of Ismail Husna. So when you want to reflect on Allah's azmat, you bow. You bow, ruku, you bow. For the azmat of Allah SWT. When you go into sajda, it's the same thing, right? You also go into sajda because of the azmat of Allah SWT. But what happens in sajda, beautiful thing. In sajda, you're lowering yourself as much as you can. You're pressing your forehead to the ground, right? The maximum submission you can to Allah SWT. And in that state of submission that I am low and Allah is great. I am low, Allah is Akbar. I am low, Allah is Adeem. But you want to do more. And you can't yourself go down further. So you do beyond a sympathy ulu of Allah SWT. That I've gone down as much as I can. And Allah tells Allah is exalted as much as He is. Now when you do that, you acknowledge the maximum infinite bo'ad, the maximum infinite difference in your darajah and Allah's darajah, that you are low and He is a'la. And when you acknowledge and accept the maximum difference, then Allah Ta'ala gives you qurb. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, guys, I to sajda, which in English, Allah Ta'ala said, make sajda and you will get qurb. <laughs> you acknowledge that you are ba'id. He is so high and exalted and transcendent above you, and Allah Ta'ala gives you his good. Man That person who humbles and lowers themselves to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala raises and exalts them. Different flavor. And you couldn't get that if you said Subhanahu Rabbi Adim and Sajda. You can only get that when you say Al A'lan Sajda. Hmm? Yeah, Allah Akbar. These are also dua. This is the dua that we make in Sajda. This is the dua that we make in Ruku. Well, Salah is full of dua. Full of dua. But this is our problem then. Even the duas that are part of Salah we're not able to properly heartfelt, not able to properly offer it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our hearts. Hmm? So our deen is about dua. Deen is about dua. 
Another time of du'a is tahajjud, last third of the night, rather. Tahajjud is a salah, and we explain to you clearly. Because the hadith about the last third of the night actually doesn't mention that you have to pray in your rakats of salah. It just says, Nabi Yaqarim sallallahu alayhi wa said, that the last third of the night, Allah Ta'ala has a caller call out. Halim mustaghfir. Anybody seeking my forgiveness that I may forgive them. Anybody asking me of something so that I may grant it to them. Halbin sa'il, halbin mustaghfir. So now, if you happen to be awake at that time, this is a long time since I told you this one also. Even if you happen to be awake at that time, you should make dua. Even if you're lying in bed, you should make dua. Even you can set your alarm, let the alarm wake you up. It's not the best of adab, but it's perfectly fine. Let the alarm wake you up, lie in bed, just make dua to Allah Ta'ala, go back to sleep, and let the other alarm wake you up for Qadr. It's not required to get out, make wudu, pay to rakats. That's required if you want to pray Salatul But if you want to get kubuli to dua, strictly speaking, you can just make the dua from your bed. Now think, how many times in our life were me and you awake in the last third of the night, but we didn't make dua anyway? Maybe you were traveling, maybe you were at airport, maybe you arrived home from a journey. We were physically awake. In the last night, we didn't make dua. We woke up in the middle of the night, we were sleepless for some reason, we were tossing and turning, we were awake, and we didn't even make dua. How many times has that happened? How many opportunities have we wasted? Hmm? This is something I want that we should make dua from tonight. And actually, if you think about it, now I'm thinking about it, Allahu Akbar. How many du'as have we missed? It's in the thousands, maybe tens of thousands. Look, I will show you. How many times in your life have you failed to make the du'a, sunnah du'a after adhan? Should have been made five times a day. Is there five adhan, five salah a day? So if you're 40, 50 years old, that's a few thousand right there. If you didn't make them, how many times have you failed to make du'a on entering masjid and leaving masjid? Could be a few thousand there. If you're in your 40s like me, that hit a few thousand. How many times have we failed to make the du'a when leaving home? Or to make the du'a when entering home? And you keep going. Now you have an idea? You keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Probably, me and you have missed tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of du'as in our life. And our beloved Nabi Akrim, sallallahu alayhi wa he never missed one of them. Oh, okay. It's a difference. Huh? Big difference between us and him. So what we can try to do. Number one, we should make tawbah to Allah Ta'ala for that. I just got this idea. But it's the truth, it's the reality. We should make tawbah to Allah Ta'ala for that. Second, we should practically try to remember these du'as, to catch up these du'as. One thing we started doing just a couple of years ago, I'll be honest with you, it's not something I've been doing since just a couple of years ago. But I just try to make this sunnah du'a after adhan five times a day. I hear adhan, I don't hear adhan, I just make it. I just view the adhan, the adhan is after adhan, the du'a, sorry, the du'a, the du'a has to be made after adhan. Me, I just view the du'a as before ikamah. That's it. Anytime, I could be traveling, I can be praying in the airport. Before ikamah, I just make that du'a. So at least I get that du'a in five times a day. Hmm? Because sometimes we also, and you also live in traveling countries where you don't even always hear the adhan. Right? That's one way to get this one in. Another thing that helps is at night, when you go to sleep, 
think about the, before you go to sleep review your day and think basic du'as which ones did you miss so think how many times did I enter the masjid leave the masjid oh I missed that du'a so many times recite it right there in bed lying down no problem lying down in bed recite it that many times think how many times did I eat how many did I miss it before or after eating recite them right there make them up the benefit we've seen of this is the next day your mind just remembers them <laughs> maybe your nafs didn't like this punishment that you delayed in sleep by 10 minutes huh? by remembering and making up from the du'as that you missed so the next day the nafs that you remembered the du'a maybe Allah will know what happens so here these are one two things that we've come up with you should come up with your own things this should be your passion this should be your desire also otherwise the band is a failure I can come here and talk to you about du'a and leave and you can say hey great down and leave no 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 that's not why we come to Bihan of ulama. That's not why we try to give Bihan. It's to change. Something has to change. That's why we give you a practical way to change it. So I gave you these small du'as. Try to do them. If you miss them, miss them. You understand? If you skip them, if you fail to do it, miss it. Feel that a gap took place in your day. Feel that my day had so many gaps, had so many du'as, had 20 du'as gaps today, 40 du'as gaps today. Feel the gaps. It's only when you feel the gaps that you will fill the gaps. And we don't feel the gaps. So many times we don't say the dua after Adam, we don't even feel it. Feel the gaps, fill the gaps. Feel the gaps, fill the gaps. And this is a practical way to remember to make these du'as. Clear? There's so much, so many things that one can say about du'as. So maybe I will end with one ayah and one hadith. Ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran al-Kareem yani it's a statement of a Nabi Inna Rabbi lasami ud-du'a Inna Rabbi lasami ud-du'a hmm? Even if you can make this a wind sometimes you have to take small ayah few words of Quran al-Kareem and keep reciting them to yourself as a reminder Inna Rabbi lasami ud-du'a You can memorize it right now Inna Rabbi lasami ud-du'a Inna Rabbi and now when you start reciting it more and you understand the meaning indeed my Rabb is surely definitely all listening to all du'as indeed my Rabb is all hearing to all du'as when this becomes the feeling of your heart you will never be able to skip du'a you won't be able to skip it immediately because when you're aware Allah is listening, you immediately do it. So this ayah of Qur'an makes this you aware of your reputation. Inshallah, this will help to become a person of du'a. So that's last ayah for tonight, last hadith for tonight. So I will teach you one du'a of Nabi Akrim which we're trying to teach throughout on the whole trip. Because this is what our shaykh, he taught us. And I was very moved by this du'a. And my own failure, I'll tell you openly, my own failure to recite this du'a every day is shocking for me. And so I share with you du'a. Rabbi Ati Nafsi Taqwaha. Oh my Rabb, give my nafs its taqwa. Allah Akbar. Wazakiha anta khayru man zakaha. And do taqiyah of my nafs. Purify my nafs because you are the best who can purify my nafs. Anta waliyu hawa mawlaha. You are the friend of my nafs, you are the master of my nafs. Rabbi, O oh my love, Aati nafsi, bestow upon my nafs, taqwaha, its taqwa. 
Allah Ta'ala inspired the nafs with its fujur and its taqwa. So you're making dua, Ya Allah, me, I can only seem to bring out the fujur of my nafs. That's all I seem to do. I seem to keep activating the evil of my nafs because I look at things, my nafs evil get activated. I hear something I shouldn't hear, my nafs evil gets activated. My life and lifestyle seems only to be able to unlock the evil in my nafs. But you are Allah Ta'ala. <laughs> you grant me the taqwa of my nafs. And Ya Allah, you do touch your minus. So Allah said in the Quran, And indeed, Allah Ta'ala will purify whomsoever He wants. You are the best in the Tazkiyah. My Zikr can't do Tazkiyah minus. My Shaykh can't do Tazkiyah minus. You are the one who can do Tazkiyah minus. It's pure Tawheed. Anta khayru man zikaha You are the best who can do tazkir minus Anta waliyuha You are the wali of minus Allah Rabbi Ajib If we want to be wali Allah And the Biyakarim Sallallahu Alaihi making dua to Allah You are the wali of minus You are the benefactor of minus Guardian minus Caretaker of minus Wa maulaha Anta waliyuha wa maulaha You are master of minus Me I become slave of minus How can I change it? Me, I'm slave, my nafs is master. What can I do? But Yala, you are master of my nafs. I'm slave of my nafs, I can't do. You are master of my nafs, Mullah, you can fix it. So dua. This one, this is just but one of many du'as in the Bia Kareem Sallallahu that we should learn them, we should memorize them, we should understand them, and we should make them with people. So we make dua that Allah Ta'ala make us people of dua, from the Ahl dua. Amashak, they say in Urdu, Allah Dene Wale Hai, Masam Dene Wale Manja. Allah Ta'ala is the being who gives and gives and He knows how to give. We just have to make ourselves the one who beg and beg and we know how to beg. Wa Alhamdulillah Wa Alhamdulillah 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 Make We've asked that you grant us humility. Ya Rabbi, we ask that you grant us fear. Ya Rabbi, we ask that you accept our fast in Ramadan. Accept the tarawih that we prayed. Accept the sadaqah that we gave. Accept the du'as that we made. Accept the Eid Salah that we offered. Accept the love that we showed to our families. And Ya Rabbi, accept these amal salih by putting more humility in our heart. More fear of you in our heart. Ya Rabbi, accept these amal salih and wipe out the sins that we did, wash away the sins that we did, erase the sins that we did, that in beginning we make Tawbah Ya Rabb for all the times we fail to obey you, we make Tawbah Ya Rabb from all the times we fail to remember you, we make Tawbah Ya Rabbi Kareem from all the times we skipped the du'a, missed the du'a, forgot the du'as, that in beginning make us Sahib in du'a, make us Zakir in du'a, 
dua, make a scali of dua, let us remember dua, offer dua, understand dua, feel dua. Said Nabi Kareem, the feelings that were in the heart of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he made those duas to you, make his feelings the feelings of our hearts, ya Allah. But let us follow his words and follow his heart, ya Nabi Kareem. Ya Allah, we ask that you give us tawfiq to always make dua. We ask that you give us tawfiq to forgive others when they ask us. We ask that you give us tawfiq to forgive others without them asking us. Ya Rabbi, on this night, we ask for your forgiveness. On this night, we pledge our forgiveness to all those who have hurt us. Ya Rabbi, can accept this amal of ours. Grace it with your kubuliya. Make it a means of attracting your rahmah. Make it a means of attracting your maghfirah. Ya Rabbi, can send your mercy on our heart. Your hidayah on our heart. Your maghfirah on our heart. Your mahabba on our heart. Your love on our heart. Ya Rabbi, can your needy of your love. Needy of your karam. Needy of your fuzzle. Your Fadl Azim, Ya Rabbi Kareem, send your Azim Fadl on our heart, send your Kareem Mahabba on our heart, Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us never become lonely again, let us never be sad again, let us never fall into sin again, let us never be astray again. You are Al Hadi, Ya Rabb, if we go astray, guide us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. You are Al Wafa, Ya Rabb, if we make a sin, forgive us, Ya Rabbi Kareem. You are Al Rahim, Ya Rabb, if we offer a worship, accept it, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, you are our one and only. Rabb. You have billions and trillions of servants and slaves, but we have only one you, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Accept us, Ya Rabb. Be happy with us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Forgive us, Ya Rabb. You know, we make dua to you in all of the duas of all of the Anbiya, alayhi salam, ajma'in. Accept it from us, Ya Rabb. We make dua to you, Ya Rabb. Using all the duas of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Accept it, Ya Rabb. We make dua to you, calling upon all of your husbands. Husna, those that you revealed and those are known only to you accept it Ya Rabbi we make dua to you using all the dua of all the Sahaba ever called upon you accept it Ya Rabbi Ya Rabbi Kareem give us tawfiq give us your rahmah give us your maghfala make us kind to one another make us merciful to one another and Ya Rabbi Kareem we make dua for the whole Ummah on this night we make dua, Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant aman to the Ummah, itminan to the Ummah, sakoon to the Ummah, give izzah to the Ummah, send your rahmah on the Ummah, send maghfirah on the Ummah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, on this night, there are people from different countries here, unite our hearts, Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept our sitting only and only in your name and for your sake, accept our parting only and only in your name and for your sake, like in the beams of earning the shade of your arsh and your muqyama, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Rabbi, I ask that you grant their own individual du'as, their own silent pleas, ease their difficulties, remove their worries, put barakah in our homes, barakah in our time, barakah in our risk, barakah in our deen, barakah in our mal, barakah in our ilm, get us ikhlas and dikrim, make us from your mukhlisin mu'mineen, muttaqeen mu'mineen, salihin mu'mineen, ya Allah ya dikrim. ربنا تكمل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين